0: Hello and welcome. This is Vanessa Growlish and today we're going to talk about the math behind cryptocurrency. Let's do some math. Now, I went ahead and I started googling and YouTube and you know doing a lot of research about cryptocurrency. And I want to share with you today, you know I look through everything, and if you feel overwhelmed researching these things, believe me, I can see why, because I was like. Oh my God, there's so many videos. Which one, sh- which one should I pick? Should I put 20 minutes on this one? Should I put, like, my opportunity cost was constantly being debated, <laughs> but, you know, looking at cryptocurrency. So I decided just to, you know, find the white paper that the Bitcoin founder um, made, which um, he actually published this in 2008, Satoshi Nakamoto. And the paper is called, it's a white paper, and a white paper basically is when you are like an authority or someone that, you know, does, knows very well what you're doing, and then you're like, I have this proposal. So a white paper basically, you know, has to be very clear, has to be efficient, effective. And today I want to share with you the white paper that, and I'm going to say his name again, I always forget the first name, Satoshi Nakamoto wrote about Bitcoin. Why? Because I felt that all the information that, you know, I was really trying to find like something simple and there was so much that I said, why not go to the original white paper? So let's go ahead and read it. I think that um, it's actually only nine pages. You will think that Bitcoin will have, you know, this huge white paper, but I'm going to tell you the white paper is called Bitcoin a peer-to-peer electronic cash system i'm going to show you we're going to read it we're going to analyze it and basically this is what this is what this episode is about the white paper of bitcoin this is the beginning from here we can actually understand a little bit more about it and then uh you know uh do other podcasts and then I start doing financial analysis to see exactly where the value starts going up, it starts going down. And it's just gonna be a lot of fun. So, but first, let's start talking about Bitcoin because this is basically what started everything. The first thing I wanna, sh- I wanna tell you is that the word crypto, um, which it sounds from like, you know, <laughs> from like the death to put it that way, is actually a-, a Greek word that means hidden basically like a secret so this is the reason why we call it cryptocurrency so that's step number 1 let me go ahead and share the screen and this is the white paper written by satoshi nakamoto august uh, 2008 he publishes this paper look how beautiful he even has an email address i don't even know if that works anymore but let's first read the abstract when you have a white paper or or a research paper the abstract basically takes everything in consideration and it, it just gives you like an overview of what the white paper is going to be. So let's read it. So the abstract says, a purely peer-to-peer version of electronic cash will allow online payments to be sent directly from one party to another without going through a financial institution. So this is how he starts the paper. This is basically the hook saying like, look, what about if we can go ahead and just exchange, uh, um, you know, a million of money or like, you know, something that we both consider value, but instead of using a bank, maybe we have a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. So let's continue. So then he says, digital signatures provided part of the solution, you know, like when you were doing like the online transactions, and then but he says, but the main benefits are lost if a trusted third party is it still required to prevent double spending? Now, double spending means that, uh, for example, when you have a dollar, dollars, obviously, they are counterfeited, right? Like, you know, people make uh, fake dollars. So double spending means that you have like one cryptocurrency or like one Bitcoin, and then you try to give it to A and you try to give the same value to B. So that's basically what double spending is. Try not to cheat the system to get one coin into two people when you only have enough You're basically trying to pay two coins when you only have one coin available to put it away. So that's what he means about double spending. Um, Now, how do they do this? So then we go. The network timestamps transactions by hashing them into an ongoing change of hash-based proof of work. Now I have to Google to figure out what was hash and uh, was proof of work. And what I understood about hash, I'm not a programmer. I'm just literally reading the white paper and <laughs> understanding it with like zero knowledge of this. And what um, basically what a hashtag is, what a hashtag, no, I'm sorry. What they, what they define as hash, it's just basically like this algorithm that is inside. And then what it, it does is that you get it to like minus, and this is where the proof of work, which we're going to talk about it, where the proof of work is. And then this algorithm, I'm making an example, is two plus two, right? And then it's all hidden because it has a message. So the miners go and then, you know, they work on it and they're like, oh, okay, two plus two, four. And then that's how they're able to basically mine the coin. Again, it's so much more complex than that, but that's basically how I understood how, you know, the process works, uh, you know, in a, in a basic way. Now, from here, This is basically uh, what um, Nakamoto says. The longest change not only serves as a proof of the sequence of event witnesses, but proof that it came from the largest pool of CPU power. As long as the majority of CPU power is controlled by nodes. When he says nodes, what I understood is just those miners, those people that say, I am an honest node. I'm going to do the transaction in for my best interest because when I do this transaction, that's what the notes are and that's what he's gonna call the honest notes because what this transaction is going to do is going to give me a coin. So the beauty of Bitcoin basically is that these notes or these people that are doing these transactions, they have a much higher interest of earning the coin than just not doing it, to put it away and doing fraud, which we're gonna explain right now in the white paper. So that's what the notes he refers to those people that are you know um, basically validating the transaction so this is just basically like wikipedia like everyone is just you know working together and but obviously not so we could Wikipedia but what I mean is like it's a community where people say you know what we don't need to use a bank anymore why don't we just create a community of peer to peers where we're basically just checking each other making a block change right where you have a sequence and everyone has to have the same amount of information. So this basically is going to avoid doing fraud and then we're gonna talk about privacy because it's, uh, um, it's actually included in the white paper. Now here, finally, um, he comes with the introduction. Now with the introduction, I'm not gonna read it all, I'm just gonna show you. Um, when you have a white paper, a research paper and you have the introduction, Usually, you're gonna have like a little bit of history of what's going on, and this is basically what the paper talks. He talks about, you know, what happens when you have someone in a banking industry that, you know, you give like five dollars and someone steals the money. So then you have a third party involved, and then there is mediation between, you know, this person and this person. So the system is inefficient. So Mr. Nakamoto says the following. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read and read you. The main topic, you know, when you write papers in college, well, college and grad student, you know, in any all the time. But obviously, I'm always thinking of college. You have to have the your thesis statement, and this is the thesis statement of the um, white paper from uh, Mr. Nakamoto. And let's read it. And it goes here. In this paper, we propose a solution to the double spending problem using a peer-to-peer distributed time stamps. server to generate computational proof of the chronological order of transactions. (gasps) Oh, Okay, finally, the system is secure as long as on its nodes, remember those people that we talk about, collectively control more CPU power than any cooperating group of attackers' nodes. So this is the beauty of Bitcoin, and I'm going to get into that because then from here he explains how the transactions go and honestly like he well again i'm not a computer a programmer person so when i see this i do feel overwhelmed and i'm like what are they talking about but if you see the system it's just basically like a blockchain, right this person verifies and you know and then you go a b c d And I'm not going to go into the technicality of it because the white paper here already talks is about the general idea of transactions. Let's move on. Then it also talks about the timestamp servers. Again, a little bit of technical, but it's not. And then he talks about the proof of work. He basically just explains here that the proof of work, and this is basically how it says, proof of work. To implement a distributed timestamp server on a pair-to-pair basis, we will need to use a proof-of-work system similar to back hash cash. I guess um, this is one of the reference. So basically the proof-of-work, what it is, is like, you know, like if you have like a newspaper, right, like a ledger, and you will be like, oh, okay, I can validate that this transaction happened, and in general, I felt that that's what proof of work was. Basically, you have to, and it says here, the proof of work also solved the problems of determining representation in majority decision making. Because, um, again, very complex is <laughs> this. Uh, and I'm trying to like, you know, putting as simple as I can in this white paper. But as you can see here, what Bitcoin relies on is just not even trust. It's a system that is so efficient that if we all do one, two, three, four, everyone wins. So I think that is the conclusion of why Bitcoin is so, uh, not so much Bitcoin, blockchain technology is so attractive. Now, finally, number f- uh, step number five says network. And he says, the steps to run the network as as follows. I'm not going to read them all, but you can see here, he explains basically the, the you know, the the points. And when I say he, I'm talking that, you know, we're assuming that Nakamoto is a guy, but we don't know. He might be a woman too. No one has said that. But supposedly no one knows who he is and it could be an organization. It can be, you know, I saw a picture online. Obviously I Googled it and thousands of pictures came up, but i don't think so yet unless i did not read it we know who nakamoto is so if you know please put it in the comment <laughs> okay from there we talk about so so far we understand that the white paper or what it does is explains a peer-to-peer electronic cash system but in general what it's explaining is that we need the need of having a system where you cannot do double pay that means that if you don't have the money you cannot it's basically Try not to defraud the system. And that's basically where the white paper of Bitcoin uh, relies on. Then from here, and look how beautiful this part here. Okay, so he talks about the payment verification and he you know, shows like a, like a little um, a diagram here how to do it. And notice that it's not too much. It's literally like nine papers. I thought it was gonna be like 40,000 papers, but again, he's just here putting the general idea. Then he talks about privacy. And then from there, I love this part, he does the calculations of what are the odds of an attacker trying to generate an alternate chain faster than the honest chain. So the thing about Bitcoin is that because this is a peer-to-peer system, the idea is to generate more people, more honest nodes. Remember, honest nodes are people basically that are just minding their own business. They're like, I just wanna make Bitcoin, so I'm gonna validate this transaction efficiently and accurately because that way, you know, I just keep making more money. So what he talks here about, and he does, um I always, uh, he talks about the binomial random walk, and he does a little bit of math here to show that the probability, and then he says we can we can calculate the probability that the, the bad guy or the dishonest knot that he will ever reach break-even or that the attacker even catch up with the honest change as follows. So basically, what he explains is this this chain, you have a lot of honest knots, right? And they're all like working, 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 and then you have this attacker that he says, mm, I'm gonna start making my own block change to you know the fraud. Well, the problem is that you have because you have your p which is the probability of an honest note to find the next block is higher these people are motivated to make money then they want from the attack to do it to basically and then they explain the whole process of how he can cheat the system and he explains it here that it takes so much because odds are against you know against him of doing a, a fake block change that this attack, again, because the system is not based by trust, but by efficiency, is more efficient by just being honest and just making money out of the coins that are trying to basically attack the change. And in the white paper, he explains why he shows the, the, you know, probabilities. And we finally have the conclusion. And here we go. We have proposed a system for electronic transactions without relying on trust. We started with the usual framework of coins made from digital signatures, which provides a strong control of ownership, but it is incomplete without a way to prevent double spending. So here he's saying that, yes, we had the digital signatures, but the problem was that people could counterfeit the signatures and then you have the double spending problem. And this is what he says, to solve this, we propose a peer-to-peer network using proof of work to record a public history of transactions that quickly becomes Computationally impractical for an attacker to change if honest nodes control a majority of CPU power. So that means that in order for Bitcoin to be uh, safe or any cryptocurrency, you have to have more honest nodes. And by, by default, because humans should be rational, right? In economics, as we assume, there, it's much easier for them just to create the coins and just be honest and try to break the blockchain. Um, from here, he just basically also adds: he says, um, nodes can leave and rejoin the network at will, accepting the proof of work change as proof of what happened while they were gone. They vote with the CPU or power, expressing their accept- acceptance of valid blocks by working on extending them and rejecting invalid blocks by refusing to work on them. Any needed rules and incentives can be enforced with consensus mechanisms. So this is the other thing about Bitcoin. You're trying to be decentralized, right? And try to give, uh, you know, the power to, um, I guess, more nodes, right, in order to make a decision. And obviously this helps tremendously because, you know, you don't have basically like a few hands with the power, which that's exactly what happens. what? in (laughs) In most governments, to put it that way. I hope you enjoy, let's um, just recap about uh, this incredible white paper. I hope you enjoy just a preview of what Bitcoin, how it started it. I can imagine when this guy or this person or this group just could publish and only if they knew that they were going to just change the world forever. I think the value of Bitcoin comes from the blockchain technology. I feel that. There's so much to learn and I feel that in the next 10, 15 years, this is just basically going to be the new thing going on, right? We're going to be teaching kids how to (laughs) to do cryptocurrency and all that. So this is basically the main reason too, what I wanted to do this podcast because I have a five-year-old. And I'm going to start, you know, doing some coding with hair. I am in zero. I have no idea of coding programming. I did take a C++ class once <laughs> for as an elective, and I don't know what I was thinking because I should have just taken music or something easy, but I was like, oh, I can do it. Oh, it was just awful. I love programmers. I love you because seriously, it's like a job. You have to, like, sit down. And you're basically all the time having a relationship with a complete. This is all for today. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be doing more cryptocurrency podcasts, the math behind, Bitcoin and all that. And I'm going to be doing a financial analysis. We're going to go ahead and run all that data of maybe the last five years just to see the fluctuation of the prices, to see if we can find any deficiencies and just to have fun. Thank you so much for watching and I'll see you next time.